Hey everyone, Jeff Johnson here from the Gazette with my cohorts, Jeff Linder and KJ Pilcher for a, what, a regular season finale slash postseason starting prep huddle podcast, uh, because that's what we've got. We've got regular season finale for the biggest, the big classes, 3A, 4A, 5A, and we've got uh, first round of the playoffs and 2A, 1A, A, and eight player Let's go, right, boys? This is a fun time, part of town. This is the best part of the season, as far as I'm concerned, right? Yeah, let's get it going. Let's, uh, let's, before we, we talk playoffs, let's look back last week at, uh, at some games. And um, I don't know if there was real, any real intrigue, guys, as far as, uh, you know, I think we had pretty much knew a small class-wise kind of, uh, where everyone was sitting and who was getting in and um, and things like that. No real surprises there. Uh, as far as I saw, um, regular season or, or, you know, big school wise, you know, I, I don't know where you want to start. Let's uh, uh, randomly, let's start out with uh, uh, another Des Moines suburban conquest of an Eastern Iowa foe. Uh, Johnston beat Cedar Rapids Kennedy 28 to seven and, uh second loss of the season for the cougars who i believe are still in right jeff linder you you have all this figured out right uh, um mathematically not yet but common sense wise yeah I, I i don't see i don't see any way they don't make it um i i think you can say they're virtually in still when we look at you know where the power is again this this season. I mean that's another notch in the in the uh, suburban Des Moines belt. I guess I had uh, was having a Twitter conversation from a mom with a mom from out there. It was friendly. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> earlier this week about how they were, uh, you know, kind of kicking kicking butt as far as uh, you know the head to head matchups. And I was trying to think. It was uh, I had I counted names as a. Uh, as a central Iowa team, even though, you know, uh, I don't know, they're not even going to be in the CIML, uh, but still it's a central Iowa team to me. So I had two and five maybe uh, was the record uh, for Eastern Iowa playing against um, central Iowa foes in the biggest class. I could be wrong on that. Uh, the two wins city high over Ames handily. And then uh, Cedar Falls beat Johnston. And then the losses, I think there's, Couple teams lost to Southeast Polk from around here. No shocker there. Another one lost to Dowling. So, uh, I mean, is it? We read too much into. I mean, late season game between two teams, uh, one from Central Iowa, one from Eastern Iowa. Or is this just another example of uh, of uh, how much better Central Iowa is than Eastern Iowa in five A football? I think it's the latter. Um, I think it's just another another piece in a long line of evidence that uh, the power's over there and it'd be different if it was a 21-20 game and uh, it's 28 to 7 and uh, that was one of the you know supposedly one of the very best eastern iowa teams against what maybe the 6th or 7th 8th best central iowa team so that that that's not a bad look or that's not a good look KJ, you agree with that? Uh, yeah. If you if you look at what uh, you know, I, I think if you look at three at least in the corridor, the three best teams um, that we we kind of have in five A here, 
uh, Kennedy, Cedar Rapids, Prairie, and Iowa City High. And you look at the, uh, you know, the games that they had against Central Iowa teams. What was it Dowling uh, beat City High thirty-four nothing? Uh, Johnston, which is five and three, um, beat Kennedy twenty-eight-seven. I think it might have been even twenty-one-zero really early um, in that game as well. Um, and then I can't remember what the the Prairie Southeast Polk uh, score was, but it was. It was not a real competitive uh, ball game. So you're looking at at least two of the games being, what, uh, 62 to 7. Um, uh, Southeast Polk was 41 nothing. So you're, you're talking about 103 to 7 um, with teams in the Cedar Rapids, Iowa City corridor facing Central Iowa teams in 5A. So that I think that's a microcosm of those, uh, you know, top four, five, six teams in Central Iowa compared to, you know, their Eastern Iowa counterparts. We'll see what Pleasant Valley uh, can do. Um, they really have not ventured uh, into Central Iowa um, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, Geography, yeah. Geography. <laughs> right. right. And, it's not. It doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, right? Travel-wise, um, you know, um, Cedar Falls. You know, they've kind of gone over and uh, had some success, but it's again, it's against maybe that mid-range, you know, uh, those mid-range schools outside of the the top four or five. Um, you know, just haven't. Showing the Eastern Iowa just, you know, it's nothing new. I mean, we've been talking about this for probably almost uh, a decade now. So, uh, you know, there's only, I can think of, uh, you know, the the Xavier teams that, you know, lost to Dowling and, and Ankeny. Um, Kennedy, Washington had teams, but, you know, at that point, Dowling was, unstoppable pretty much um you know this is this isn't anything new and it's those uh four or five teams in central iowa let's not talk about being from top to bottom because i don't think that's the case um even though some other people might want to paint it that way but those uh those top four or five teams are just head and shoulders above anybody uh in this area yeah. And I, I think you could make the argument that, you know, if you, if you were doing a top 10, I didn't do this, but I think you could make the argument without anybody really complaining about it, that it could be nine Central Iowa teams in PV. Uh, you, you know, yeah. you've, got, you've got Dowling Southeast Polk and Ankeny for sure. And then you've got, you've got Johnston, you've got Northwest, you've got Waukee. Centennial, um, Urbandale. So, and, and nobody around here has really proven they can beat those teams. Yeah. Uh, You're stretching it a little bit with a couple of those. Yeah. 
But, <laughs> you know, but, but I mean, you know, yeah, it's, you know, there, it's still an imbalance of, of power, but, yeah. you know, a lot of it comes, and let's face it, a lot of it comes down to, you know, to, uh, just how well off uh, some of those school districts are. Facility, yeah. You know, um, it's, and, and uh, I will say this. I, I, I think, I think after track. those three teams that we mentioned in Central Iowa, I think Xavier could play with anybody else over there and probably beat anybody else and probably be fairly competitive with Dowling, Southeast Polk, and, and Ankeny. You hear that, Saints? Petition to go up, baby. We want to see it. <laughs> Eastern Iowa pride. We need somebody from Eastern Iowa. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it is what it is, and it's not going to change until, you know, somebody from over here bows up, as the old cliche goes, and and uh, and actually beats one of the powers over there in, in a big game. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this rolls. Um, 4A, uh, I guess, kind of looking at, at big games. KJ, you were at uh, at Xavier where somebody actually scored on the Saints, albeit just three points. <laughs> uh, Newton broke the shutout streak. Uh, you know, we just talked about Xavier. I mean, man, I'm I'm just so looking forward to the postseason because I just I see three teams at the top there, kind of like 5A in my opinion, uh, with Waverly and with Council Bluffs, Lewis Central, and with Xavier. It's like, man. Uh, this could be fun, and and I mean, there's no doubt in anybody's mind that Xavier could win a state championship, right? From especially from what you saw last week. Um, I mean, they're unbeaten and they've dominated the teams that they faced so far, but so has Waverly Shell Rock, and you know, Lewis Central is, you know, they had their close game against Harlan, which I think is a team that on a one-on basis could play any of the, any of the teams in the state um, to a good game, um, regardless of class. To say that it's a team that could win a state title, sure. Are they? I don't, you know, it's hard saying just because you've got uh, two other teams that were dome teams that are, have been just as dominant and just as good uh pretty much you know um we'll see but i tell you they they look really impressive against newton who i think you know i wasn't really sure what to think of newton coming in just because you know they got shut out by washington for their first loss before that it been what six and oh or five and oh um but had some close games but their defense is really good guy i mean i think newton's defense is what um, the strength is there. They've got a good uh, uh, running back in, in Klein, but Xavier's, uh, Xavier's defense is so strong. Like you said, 18 quarters, you know, that's four and a half weeks of not giving up a point. That's half the regular season. Um, you know, and, and they were that way. They gave up, uh, you know, it was a drive at the end of the first half. Hadn't even, I don't think it, given up more than one first down before that final drive before the half and uh, held Newton to a field goal, a 
30 yarder, I think. And, uh, you know, those were the only points they've given up since the third quarter against Dubuque Waller. But, um, you know, uh, Ronan Thomas has done a good job stepping in at quarterback. He had a huge game against uh, the Cardinals. Um, you know, he's got some good targets at receiver. You've got Aiden uh, McDermott, um, obviously kind of leading the way, but um, I think they have more than that. Um, you know, Michael Cunningham has really made big gains from a, a year ago, um, and he really kind of opened things up for for that offense. Uh, he came out the first drive, uh, two big runs, uh, one, I think, for a 40-yard touchdown. Uh, that loosened things up for the passing game, and then they were able to to really do whatever they wanted. And, of course, that defense, you know, gives them the opportunity to, to really, um, you know, kind of kind of do things without a fear of, of failing, if that makes sense, because, you know, your defense is going to, you know, you can make a mistake or you can have a bad drive um, because the defense is going to pick you up. And tell you what, they're, they're playing really well, should – should finish the regular season uh, unbeaten. And then I think, uh, Linder, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, they're looking at a home-home, dome-dome type of schedule in the postseason. Um, and that works out in their favor as well. Yeah. And uh, I think their RBI is one right now. So um, yeah, I think uh, they're sitting really good for uh, two home games and two dome games. Uh, there was some interesting other stuff in, in 4A guys that, that kind of interested me last week. Western Dubuque and Waverly Shellrock were tied at halftime at seven. Um, and Waverly pulled away in the second half and won 35 to 14. Uh, that was a significant game over in Central Iowa. And, you know, it's there's what a group of four or five teams that are just, you know, really good. Bondurant for our double up in all at 28-14. Carlisle beat Norwalk 49-28. I think all those schools were rated. Um, and Marion beat Mason City 28-7. And Marion beat or can plays a uh, uh, a very winnable game Friday night against Waterloo East with a chance at a at a winning record. Jeff, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, we really haven't talked much about uh, about the Wolves and and uh, you know, started off kind of rough. But uh, the opportunity to go from one and eight to five and four, um, it, how significant is that, guys? Well, it's 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 a great turnaround for them, and, and I will I will say this: um, their playoff chances are better than we think. Uh, right now, they're the third team out, but uh, Burlington plays Fort Madison. They're, Burlington's ahead of them. One of those teams will probably would probably fall behind Marion. I think Norwalk plays. Bondurant, so that might knock Norwalk down, and I think Lamar's has a tough game yet. So, um, if Marion wins, I would say they're probably close to 50-50 or better of getting in. And go ahead, KJ. Well, I was just going to say Lamar's has Fort Dodge. You know, we, you know, we've seen what Fort Dodge. Um, has been able to do uh, at times the last few years. So uh, the one thing with Marion um, to point out, one, you know, I don't want to speak for you guys, but 
Um, if I were to sit here and say, yeah, I had Marion with a winning record when it was all said and done, um, I'd be lying um, if I claim that from the beginning of the year. Um, but one of the things I remember talking uh, uh, to uh, a coach, uh, Joiner, um, about and it was uh, midway, kind of midway through the season. Um, after they they came away with that uh, victory at Central DeWitt, which uh, put them at two and two, and they they uh, they had a tough two weeks with Western Dubuque and Waverly Showrock, right? We talked about how the rough opened with Clear Creek Amanda and, and Cedar Rapids Washington. They changed some things up. Um, beat a ranked Benton team, and then at the time beat a ranked uh, DeWitt Central team. Then they had Western Dubuque and Waverly Shellrock back-to-back. And the one thing that Coach Joyner said, we need to get through these two weeks healthy. If we can do that, the last three games of our season are winnable. So he had this he had this vision um, that they could be sitting in this exact spot when week nine rolled around. Now, whether at the time he thought that would be good enough to kind of be on the verge of possibly getting into the playoffs or not, I don't know. But he he kind of had the idea that if we could get through Western Dubuque and Waverly Shell Rock healthy, uh, not get beat up and, and dinged up, we could run out the last three games. And they won on one of the fi- – was it the final play against Decorah or uh, – Near the end of the decor game, they pulled out a 14-13 win. Then they beat Mason City. Um, you know, and now they've got a winless Waterloo East team uh, at home at Thomas Park. You know, uh, it's you, you got to tip your hat to, uh, you know, the Wolves and the Coach Joiner because, uh, you know, he truly believed they'd be in the spot, um, you know, when they were 2-2. Two and two. Other couple other games, I one I did mention Iowa City Liberty had to come from behind and score like in the final thirty seconds uh, with a backup quarterback to beat Burlington uh, last week, twenty nine twenty eight. Scored with I think under thirty seconds, twenty five seconds, something like that, and then decided to go for two and one and got that. Uh, that was a huge win uh, for Liberty, um, obviously, and and it remains to be seen, I guess, how. Quarterback Graham Beckman, uh, you know, how bad his injury is because that obviously affects, um, you know, what Liberty can do in the playoffs here. Um, Jeff, I want you to talk a little bit. Uh, one of the four downs questions, I hope you all saw it um, in today's paper, and, and it's online right now, was how do you like the RPI? Um, and you said you liked it as is, uh, and I pointed out, how I think there needs to be a little slight adjustment as far as um, giving teams to play harder non-district schedules uh, a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt um, than teams that don't. And I brought up Cedar Rapids, Washington as the example where Washington could lose to Pella, what, Friday night? And don't discount that because Pella has played an immensely tough schedule. Um and it's always tough to win down there. And Washington could lose and end up out of the playoffs. And now correct me if I'm wrong for what you're saying. They can end up with 
the same record as Marion, but could Marion jump Washington in the RPI because of that, even though well, Washington beat Marion? They, they could, but there's, again, that caveat that if they're they're next to each other in the RPI, like if Marion, let's say Marion's 15 and Washington, or let's say Marion's 16 and Washington's 17, because Washington beat Marion, they'd flip. So, that, but if they're not adjacent, then, right, then, then Marion would uh, would get that bid. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely see what you're saying. And maybe there should be a reward for a team like Washington that plays up a class. They, they played up a class against Linmar and um, Kennedy. Yeah, Linmar and Kennedy. So, and that was two of the and maybe there needs to be some kind of a bonus for that. Um, I, I'd be fine with that. I don't know how you would do it, but I'm sure people with a lot more mathematical sense than me could could find a way. Yeah, I mean, it's and that's just one example. And, I, and I'm not banging on anybody, but it just seems, you know, when you when you play three five A opponents and then four A a four A opponent in your non district, whereas Newton which still is ahead of Washington. And yes, Newton has a six and two record to Washington's five and three is still ahead of Washington in the RPI. Uh, even though Washington just went down there and won 21, nothing uh, two weeks ago. And Newton played a two, eight team, <laughs> non-district mm -hmm. and a couple of three, eight teams that aren't very good. So I, you know, I don't know that, I guess that's my, I like the RPI. Let's put it that way. I think it's, it's uh it's a kind of a good way to, to go about determining qualifiers. But to me, there has to be some sort of slight adjustment. If you're going to count the non-district games um, in this thing, there has to be some sort of reward for teams that are playing bigger schools or schools of the in your same class and some sort of ding for schools that are going to reach down and play lower teams in a lower class, especially if you're going down and, and playing teams two classes down. I don't know. That's just my opinion. KJ, I don't know what you think on this, but I try not to because I get uh, I get confused <laughs> and I get a headache. I pass out, wake up about thirty six hours later. Um, no, I, I mean there's not going to be a perfect system, right? right absolutely, I mean, there, absolutely. You're, you're going to find a you're going to find discrepancies and issues regardless. Um, you know, but it does it does seem there needs to be some some type of uh weight given to you know i think washington's a, a good example where you know like you mentioned two of two other three losses are going to end up being uh right now two of their three losses are to 5a playoff teams you know, and the other ones to a team that has a number one RPI. In, right. In and that, you know, uh, you know, those two are out of their class, you know, think you would want to reward teams for doing that instead of, you know, penalizing, looking, looking for sure wins or, or something like that. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, Wow. Washington does have some nice wins. Uh, Clear Creek wins a nice win, even though Clear Creek's three and five. Marion's mm -hmm. looking like a better win all the time. Right. Uh, Newton's That's a good, good win. So, so um, yeah, I, I, it, it pretty much just comes down to beat Pella. 
beat Pella on Friday, and, and uh, we don't have all to this move. <laughs> See, and that's you know, and that that's the one thing that neutralizes all this talk of the RPI too is to steal the to steal the cliche line that uh, you know we joke about a lot. Do your job, right? You win, you don't have to worry about this stuff anyway. You know, same thing with during the season. Okay, you know, uh, have a better record and, and you're in. You don't have to worry about that as much, you know. It, yeah. Control the controllable. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's another cliche that actually fits. So, you know, um, I'm sure they're not concerned about it. I'm sure the talk is going down to Pella, like for Washington, go down to Pella, take care of business, and then you don't have to worry about it, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it's just meant for us to bandy about uh, yep. and stuff and the guys on the field will take care of it. Um, let's, let's run through three, a real, real, real quick couple of games and note uh, Humboldt suffered its first loss of the season um, to Nevada, 16 to eight. Right. Um, that that was big, and then Jeff, you saw a heck of a football game in in Manchester last week. Uh, Independence, uh, last West Delaware twenty one twenty. A couple of nice football teams right there, huh? Yeah, I told you guys this in our meeting Monday. That that was one of the best football games I've seen in years. Um, you know, are they the two best teams I've seen in years? No, but um, it was a great game. Uh, both teams. I think the final yardage was three forty eight to three forty seven. So there was a lot of offense. Uh, there was there was some timely defense. Uh, neither team turned the ball over the, the whole night. Uh, it, it was just a very well played game and uh, very enjoyable to watch both those teams. All right, let's let's move forward. Regular season wise, uh, and then we'll hit the playoffs. Because obviously, because uh, you know those are the games that really count. But there are some games. Um, that still means something, especially in 5A. Uh, and, Jeff, you know, you got this all doped out. But uh, Prairie Limar would seem to be a pretty big game, uh, you know, Friday night at, at Prairie. Um, you think there's still a chance uh, that Limar gets in without a victory here? And, and you think that Prairie already is probably in? Is that kind of how you're, you're doping things out here? Um, let me take a look here. Prairie's in. Prairie's absolutely in. Okay. Uh, they probably would host the first round, win or lose. Um, well, I better I better not say that. Uh, could Lin Linmar? Well, if it's a deal where Prairie would be eight and Linmar nine, I suppose that would mean Linmar would would hop them and and would host uh, and they play again next week, maybe. Uh, Prairie's in uh, for sure, and they're probably not going to be any lower than a nine seed, probably. Probably are going to be stuck at five if they win. Linmar is, they're kind of in the same boat as Kennedy. They're darn, they're probably in. Uh, I don't think you can say they're mathematically in, but um, common sense wise, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, with a win, Linmar could jump up to seven or eight and, and maybe host that first game. So, uh, and then KJ's got a game Thursday night at Kingston, Hempstead, and Kennedy. And KJ, that turns out to be a big game for Kennedy, not just uh, to absolutely 100% cement the playoff spot, but 
maybe a, almost a game at Kingston Stadium in the playoffs, right? Yeah, and that's something Brian White uh, mentioned a couple weeks ago um, with a win that uh, uh, they had at Kingston uh, in week seven. Uh, he talked about just how uh, important um, kind of winning each game. Obviously, the game at Johnston didn't go their way, so that puts added emphasis on this game against Hempstead to to win to be able to play that first round at Kingston. Um, you know, they they had the the big win over Davenport West. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, I think they're two and two in their last four games. So not only is it a big one to uh, to to secure a home game, but you also got to look at it too. Is you want to be able to hit the the ground running um, when the playoffs begin. Um, you know, you don't want to limp into anything, obviously, and uh, they're going to look to try to uh, you know kind of kind of get things rolling into into the playoffs. So not only is it big for securing a home game, but to kind of be on the right foot starting the postseason. All right, let's let's run through uh you know so the playoffs as we said, class two A on down. Uh, they are uh they begin on Friday night with first round games around the state. Um in two A it was it, it's your fourth place district um finisher against your champs and then third against second. That's how it worked out. Um Anything off the top of your head, guys? I know we've we've all kind of talked about um, the game that we're looking most forward to first round, and New Hampton six and two I'll walk on five and three is is uh, is one I think we're all looking forward to, right? Yeah, and uh, walk on. You know, we've talked about that. They've they've done their best Williamsburg act this year. They went from zero three to five three, uh, and now they're looking like a team that. Uh, Probably nobody wants to play, and I think I think KJ mentioned this last week. What has it been? Five, six years now that they've, they've finished their season in the dome. Uh, I think five years in a row, and in a row that's uh, included a couple of championships. So they know how to win in, in October, November, and we'll see if they can do it again. Other games. Uh... That, that might hit you in two way one that, that uh, I know, I think we talked about before we started the podcast, North Bay at Valley six and two at Crestwood five and three, that that's a game maybe in two way that, um, you know, could be, could be kind of interesting guys, um, you know, kind of running through one a uh, we've got uh, one that KJ, I think mentioned is, is Durant five and three at MFL Marmax seven and one. Um, that's a fourth place at, at first place um, game. And uh, third place is second place. Another one, uh, maybe, uh, guys, Iowa City Regina, five and three, Appellate Christian, seven and one. And, um, you know, there's one that, that's really kind of intriguing to me. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the history between these the, the two teams. Um, you know, for our four downs, I was looking back at uh, – uh, kind of that history and those back-to-back games in the state quarters and state semifinals. I think it was 2016, 2017, or 2017, 18, where Regina won 45-43 uh, one year and then won 37-35 in the Dome the next year. 
Uh, these two teams have a history and uh, a history of putting together some some really fun, entertaining, competitive uh, postseason games. And this one, you know, very well could be the uh, similar. You know, Regina's three losses are to West Branch, Williamsburg, and Minneapolis, three really good teams, I think, combined uh, 22 and one. Uh, Pella Christian is seven and one. Their only loss is the Sigourney Kyoto, which is, um, you know, come on like gangbusters and have won uh, six straight games to uh, to win their district and host uh, Sumner Fredericksburg. So that uh, that game really is uh, uh, kind of at the top of the list, I guess, uh, in one A. Class A, we've got some. Uh... Yeah, we've got some good teams in Lynn County and, and, you know, right around Lynn County uh, that are, you know, in, in the playoffs here. We, uh, Albernat, one is district uh, heroics last second um, game time touchdown or game time touchdown and, and two point conversion in regulation and uh, scores in an overtime to beat Columbus junction, kick the extra point uh, in a huge game that won a district title for the pirates. They've been a great story. They've host Bellevue four and four in the first round on Friday night. North Lynn, another district champ, seven and one host Wapolo four and four. And uh, then, you know, Lisbon five and three, another, uh, you know, solid club, small school from, from Lisbon or from Lynn County goes uh, up to Winthrop to, to play a really good East Buchanan team at, at seven and one. Uh, Maquoketa Valley five and three at Columbus Junction, seven and one. And one just out of the out of our area, I think, is a little interesting. Is Saint Ansgar five and three at Wapsie Valley six and two? Um, you know, I think we talked about it a lot, guys. But there's, uh, um, you know, there's some pretty good Class A teams around uh, around these parts, as they say, right? Absolutely. I mean, you just have to look at that uh, that cluster of teams, you know, in. Uh, Buchanan and in Northern Lynn counties. Uh, when you look, you talked about Albernet, North Lynn, and East Buck, all all seven and one, and each of their losses have come to each other. Um, I believe it was uh, North Lynn beat East Buck, uh, East Buck beat Albernet, um, and Albernet beat uh, North Lynn. Um, I was at the Albernet uh, East Buck game. That was a really good game that. Uh, East Buck pulled away um, in the final quarter. Um, I think uh, Albert Northland was also a, a really tight game as well. So, um, Class A, you know, you're you're looking at some really good teams, and I think Linders mentioned it uh, before. Uh, Lisbon has really uh, played well as of late. So, you know, and then you've got uh, Maquoketa Valley, who's uh, going to Columbus, who had that close loss to Albernet. You know, um, the Wildcats have uh, uh, some good individuals. Um, and, you know, that's a team that uh, has some talented players that, you know, could surprise somebody. So uh, let's throw Central City in there as another good Lynn County team. Uh, Central City is in the uh, eight-player playoffs at Tripola, six and two, and in, in a first-round game that that I think is really interesting. So, man, then you throw Mount Vernon in there as well. Uh, you know, that's just about everybody made the playoffs, right? So 
Lynn County has some pretty good football uh, overall in the city and, and just outside the city, I, I guess, this season. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Something that gets uh, overlooked. Something that gets overlooked when we when we kind of uh, focus on the whole five A thing, right? Um, and talk about how Central Iowa, this and that. When you get to other classes, you really see just how how talented and how good the programs are, uh, especially in the Lynn County, you know, Lynn Johnson. Uh, County area, all right. Looking at uh, you know the Solons and the Mount Vernons, uh, Albernet, North Lynn, East Buck, and in one A, the eight player teams that have made strides. But just to echo what you said, uh, JJ, a lot of talented teams in in this area, especially in in some of the other classes. All right, we have a survivor pool uh playoff style that we went through the regular season and i i think maybe this is what we're going to do next season maybe to get uh jeff instead of just picking one one team to to win a game every week we're going to do it just the opposite here uh and pick close games uh why don't you go ahead and explain what we're doing here and uh your pick and and nathan nathan ford's pick at least here in the first round so, yeah, what we did this this uh, regular season was fun, but uh, actually it's just way too easy. So what <laughs> we're going to do, uh, everybody's going to start with, uh, we're going to say 50 points, and everybody's going to pick a playoff game that we think that you think is going to be a one-score game, so eight points or less, and then you're going to pick a winner in that game. So you get that in that target zone, eight points or less, you gain five points. If it's uh, nine or more, you lose the number of points that the margin is. So it's, if it's 35-14, you lose 21 points with a maximum point loss of 35. And then additional bonus points, uh, if you correctly pick the winner, you gain five. And if your game goes overtime, oh boy, everything's, everything's great. You get five points per overtime. So if your team wins, triple overtime, you get uh, you get five for having the winner right. You get fifteen for each overtime, and you know a lot of a lot of chips in the bank. <laughs> That's way too much math for me, KJ. But I'm going to trust him on this that he's doing it right. So yeah, let's face it. If there's anybody on our staff that uh, can handle uh, figuring stuff out like stuff yep. like this out, it's Lindy. Yep, Lindy's a. <laughs> Much smarter than than us. No, no, no doubt about that. No doubt. So uh, anyway, um, yeah. Nathan yeah. went Pella Christian over Regina. He thinks that's going to be close with Pella Christian winning a, a one score game. I'm taking Wacan over New Hampton, and I'll let you guys uh, talk about your your picks for this week. KJ Loretta, what do you got? Oh. Yeah, I just didn't want to double up on anybody. Uh, both of those previous two picks um, are good choices. I'm boy, I was kind of intrigued by North Fayette Valley and Crestwood, but I think I'm going to pick MFL over uh, Durant in a close one. Uh, hoping you know a lot of hoping there's a lot of uh, rushing the ball, which. Uh, might melt the clock a little bit, keep the, the score low, uh, hoping 
Nolan DeLong can keep it close, but have MFL winning a close one there. And I'm the idiot who's going to go with uh, and try and pick a close game in the volatility of eight player. So uh, <laughs> where funny. you can score points in literally seconds. Uh, I think the Turkey Valley and Edco game is going to be close. Uh, I'm picking Turkey Valley to beat Edco, but uh, I think it's going to be um, uh, a one score game or less and, and hopefully in overtime. <laughs> So that's what I'm. That's what I'm going with. I'm kind of sticking my neck out here and and trying to pick a pick an eight player game. So, uh, you know, give us your thoughts, folks at home. What do you got? What do you think is going to be a, a close first round game of the playoffs? You can you can tweet us uh, at jeje sixty six for me at kj pilcher or uh, at jt linder. Um, you know, let us know what you think uh, might be your your closest or, or what might be a great uh, first round game that way so maybe what uh, we can do next year with this maybe we can make it a public game and uh people can play along with us that's great you know some sort of you know, prize who should, you know who we should have included on this parker our buddy parker libel uh who would like to congratulate on being uh accepted into a program at the University of Iowa. Saw that on Twitter. Congrats to uh, Parker on become a, becoming a Hawkeye. Um, and uh, maybe when we get to the Dome, we'll, uh, we'll touch base on with him, maybe get some uh, semifinal picks or finals picks for him. It sounds you know, good. He's, he's just going to embarrass us all. I know. <laughs> so. Better than and we that's are. Fine. That's fine. So – all right, Friday night, uh, I'm going to be at Prairie for Prairie and Linmar, a regular season game. You guys are going to uh, be out and about for uh, playoff games, correct? Yeah, I'm going to be at Winthrop. I'm going to be at Winthrop uh, by way of Kwaski. And I'm going to cover Lisbon and East Buchanan. I'm looking forward to it. KJ? I am going to Albert. That was my pirate impersonation it was terrible i know i should i should really think things through before i i do that but i'll be at albernet for their game against bellevue looking very good to that. they have a great place there that serves roasted chicken it used to be called mahoney's but i can't think what it is now uh it's fuller's pub and grub maybe i think is is what it is so okay. check that out pre-game if you're if you're if you feel so inclined great place right. up there so all right. Uh, we will have, if you're not aware, we'll have a, um, after this round of the playoffs, it kind of all gets redrawn into brackets, correct, Jeff? Um, so everything will be bracketed the rest of the way out here, and we'll get to to uh, to see and, and pontificate on, on brackets and who we think is going to survive in the smaller classes. And then, uh, you know, obviously there will be brackets for the, for the three, three, eight, four, eight, five, eight, that'll be all uh, available on uh, Saturday sometime. So that'll give us a lot to talk about next week. And uh, any closing thoughts, guys? Not really here, KJ. Uh, I would just like to uh, tell Mother Nature thanks for one more, yeah. one one more week in the seventies. We're that much closer to uh, 70 degrees and sunny at the Unidome. Um, but uh, 
week nine after after being in stocking caps and winter coats last Friday, uh, we're gonna go back to having highs of seventy five this Friday, which Iowa weather. Good luck. Good luck predicting it. <laughs> well, I hope you guys you guys have all enjoyed our uh, us talking about high school football uh, all season here on the Prep Huddle Podcast. Sure as heck beats uh, having to talk weekly about how bad Iowa's offense is or why Iowa State can't win a close game. So um, it's been a lot of fun. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll get back at you again next week with uh, a super playoff edition of the Prep Huddle Podcast. Say your prayer for Jeff Lindry. He's got some prep cross country postseason coming up in volleyball and volleyball and everything. So he's a he's a busy dude. Actually, we all are. So uh, great time of year. Thanks for joining us, and we will let KJ take us out as always. Like the bobblehead up here from uh, our buddies at North Lynn. Uh, keep your head on a swivel. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.